This is Rink Wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Wadden. Welcome back to Rink Wide. It's the show that always scores. There's not going to be a Corey Basso drop here like that frightens me in a moment, is there? I, I think some people... Some if, like triple X Tentacio. If you weren't music. awake during Brooke Ward's update there, boy, you're awake now. That's like a... Human so smelling salt. We've got uh, a text in the inbox here. Yeah, we got a few. Uh, JD getting a podcast with Button is like when you see a couple and one person is clearly out of the other's league. Button greater than JD. Yeah, par- parenthetically. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but all you can do is stop, take a second, and say, Good for you, bud. JD must have spun all kinds of wool to pull that off. That was from Jordan and Poco. He he texted afterwards to make sure that he put his oh, name yeah, on. Oh yeah, yeah, which so, which I appreciate. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna throw shade, you might as well you know be the umbrella. I mean, honestly, like it's true. Like, what am I gonna say to that? Like, it's it's Craig Button. I, I'm JD Burke. Like, uh, I don't know, real recognized, real. Like, yeah, Craig Button's the man. I I will uh, I will sing his but, praises forever. But okay, like despite the negative sort of uh, feel to that. Uh, tell us about this podcast. It's a big deal. I want to hear about it. Uh, people are asking me about I it. I know, I know. Like, I'm attached to the hip with you somehow. Boy, yeah, that you, you get... That, cal- if we were, like, one of those twins, <laughs> Siamese twins, is that, one yeah, of the ones that are stuck together? Oh, my God. In, in I, my you'd sleep. be dead already, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have killed you in the womb. Yeah. Basically. Well, at least if that were the case, I would be getting dragged into Trev's office instead of just you. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> well done. Well done. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's... it's Plug just, the podcast. It's a podcast about pro prospects i've got craig button on the show and you know what it's it's really that straightforward right we've got a wealth of of access to european prospects that not a lot of people in north america otherwise would have uh, available at their fingertips we've also got contacts from within the game themselves because you know frankly we we go to the rink we put in the work we we show up it's it's how craig and i have have Mm. built this friendship and this relationship is you know a lot of people want to talk about prospects but do you know who was in Dawson Creek for 10 days straight, me and Craig. You know, I didn't see anybody I saw from... the photo. Somebody tweeted it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even remember which one you're talking about. <laughs> I uh, don't think it was from Dawson. I no, think it, oh, I, I know. I think it was the creep one when yeah, you yeah, were yeah, at yeah, uh, yeah, the Giants yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, and one, some guy, one of my friends took Some a guy creeped you. Yeah. yeah, that was that's, I put that's that a on little all, weird. Yeah, a little, a little I, weird. I use it on my Tinder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really that simple. No wonder you're getting all those swipe lefts. Yeah, yeah, that's one reason. But uh, no, we just we we've been at the rink together. We've built this list of contacts. We've got people from within the game. You know, I mean, it's it's not a coincidence. You know, if I were to toot my own horn for a bit here, that I was uh, at the front of a story about about the scouting industry. Yep, right? It's, that's what happens when you show up to the rink and put in the work and you build these contacts, and that's why we're going to have access to them for the show and awesome and we really look forward to it as well and jordan poco has uh, replied back i was just being playful I mean, no you weren't like, legit excited to it's hear categorically the true like craig button has a much bigger audience than me like real recognize real speaking of real recognize real and big audiences and big audiences harman we, dial we've got harman dial number one on my athletic vancouver yeah contributor power rank number one on mine too <laughs> oh, oh jesus trans christ Oh, what's up, Harmon? What's up, doing? Harm? How, How you doing, doing buddy? <laughs> JD, I'm surprised that you have you don't have yourself at number one on the power ranking. No, he's four. I got him at four right now. Yeah. I'm oh, not... sorry, that's the rink-wide power rankings. Oh, you're probably way down on the athletic ones. Well, I just I value the work that you and Dollywall and Naoko and Israel and that's about all. <laughs> I thought Dollywall the... worked for Newport. No, he doesn't yeah. work for Newport. Well, he he moonlights. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moonlighting, Harm, you're going to be doing some of that. Uh, 
uh, when the Canucks get back in action. But what have you seen this week as the Canucks put a bow on training camp? Uh, saw that Zach McEwen wasn't on the ice today, but hearing that he's going to travel with the team. Let's give us your overall thoughts on how you thought the team looked throughout this training camp and how they look uh, going into this series against the Wild. Yeah, I've honestly been pretty impressed. I uh, didn't really know what to expect uh, going into camp after uh, obviously they've they've missed so many months, but uh, the pace and intensity really ramped up. And I mean, during that third scrimmage, I mean, you just saw the the physicality, the intensity, the pace. There's a real sense of urgency among the group. Um, I think there's a clear understanding among the coaches, executives, um, and players of, of what's really at stake here. Because this isn't, again, a, a normal training camp where you've got preseason uh, to work yourself into and then it's game one of the regular season. No, you're headed straight into uh, a do-or-die playing series. And obviously for a club that hasn't made the playoff in, playoffs in five years, there's there's a ton at stake here, and and you've seen that reflected uh, on the ice. I mean, guys are lining each other up for hits in, in these scrimmages, so it's been good to see. I mean, the the the, the biggest takeaway for me really has been just how good um, the, the top players have looked. I mean, every star player has had their moment of just sheer dominance. It feels like I think Brock Besser especially led the way in the early going of camp. Um, Markstrom found his way later on with a couple of really strong performances. You know what you're getting in, in Patterson and Miller. And then uh, just the other night, Quinn Hughes put on an absolute show. And to me, these are excellent signs for the Canucks because, I mean, when you go into this playing series, one of the real competitive advantages that, advantages that they have over Minnesota is the fact that they have elite talent that Minnesota doesn't, mm-hmm. right? Like the Wild have better depth, but they don't have that star talent that Vancouver does, and and so the Canucks have to exploit that advantage in the series, and it's great to see that uh, Vancouver's top uh, young guns look like they're in midseason form. Hearing good things about Zach McEwen, of course, we've uh, gone on about him quite a bit. Uh, how about Michael Furland, though? Sounds to me like starting to turn a corner and perhaps could find himself, it might be a little early for exhibition game action, but perhaps could find himself in the lineup maybe for game one, Game two, perhaps game three against Minnesota. What do you think? He was a beast. I mean, straight up, like, I, after missing the first scrimmage, I thought he was behind the eight ball um, on the outside looking in uh, for a game one lineup spot. But the way he's picked it up the last couple of scrimmages, especially last night, I mean, obviously the fact that he uh, picked up a goal there, that's nice. But really, it's been everything else. It's, like, he's just been a pain in the neck to play against. Um, the way he's chasing down pucks, um, forcing turnovers everywhere on the ice. There's a real heaviness to his game, um, and how, um, in how he's sort of, um, I guess, just stripping players of pucks. And um, so, from from that perspective, I look at um, what Furlan's brought to the table. I think right now he has the inside track wow. to really um, make this game one lineup. We've seen him. Um, in line rushes, skating next to Antoine Roussel and Adam Gaudet. I think just with the physical element that he brings, he's an X factor. It really wouldn't surprise me if he is indeed in the lineup for Game One. Wow, that's that's bold. That's quite bold. That's Armandal uh, from the Athletic in Vancouver, JD. Now, moving on from a fellow of inordinate size to Michael Furland, somebody who you mentioned briefly in passing, there he scored a goal the other night, did he not? 
Yep. Yeah. How, how is he shot. looking? Because, I mean, I, I look at Michael Furlan and I say to myself, if he's healthy, mm-hmm. that's a massive boost to the middle six, especially we've seen in Vancouver firsthand what he can bring to a playoff series. Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at what McCune has done as well, um, especially in the first couple of scrimmages, he was outstanding in his own right. He looks great um, when he had stints alongside Gaudet and Roussel, too. So, um, for me, I look at uh, McEwen's skill set. Again, he's similar attributes as Furland, obviously not as much offensive upside, but just the same theme of he's going get to in, get in on the board, Jack. He's got uh, a toughness, and, and he's got good size him, which, I mean, when you look at Minnesota's lineup, that bottom six, it's big. It's heavy. They're, they're a strong group of guys. Um, they could they could be a little intimidating, and to have uh, have whether it's Furland or McEwen to have just that presence in your bottom six, I think that is something that Travis Green is going to take into consideration. And um, no question, same sort of thing. It's just winning, winning a ton of puck battles, always being around the puck, and, and his, the details of his game have just really surprised me in a, in a good way um, in terms of how confident he's looked breaking the puck out of the zone. Um, how, how just positionally he's on point defensive rotations. Like he just seems to be, he seems to be a player who is, is in sync as far as, um, anticipating the play, um, in, in, in being in, in good areas in, in, in all three zones of the ice. So, um, it's going to be a really interesting bottom six competition and, um, I'm really interested to see the exhibition game on Wednesday uh, because the club is going to be allowed to dress 13 forwards um, just to see how these guys do in an actual game environment. Well, you're talking about the competition in the bottom six, so that leads us now to Jake Furtanen, who was on the ice, I understand, today with uh, Louis Erickson and Brandon Sutter. And with that extra forward being there, uh, perhaps, you know, that's Jake's maybe chance to say, oh, listen, we'll put you in here if you do something, but uh, you know, there's guys ahead of you. At least this is what I'm gathering from what we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, to me, from my perspective, especially last night, um, the fact that he wasn't on the second unit power play, that to me was a sign. Like We're now close enough to the actual games that um, the fact that he wasn't on the power play, that is a, a, it's, it's an ominous sign. And um, especially, again, the, the last few instances we've seen him, um, it has been with Louis Erickson, who is another uh, candidate to be an extra. So, uh, again, heading into the exhibition, he's going to need a really, really strong showing um, to sort of um, regain that inside track. And um, honestly, he hasn't looked that bad over the last three scrimmages. Um, he hasn't really stood out for good or for bad. Um, and honestly, if all four, like if he, if he had played the entire camp out like he did in the last three contests, he probably would have been in a much more secure position as far as his um, as far as his lineup spot is concerned. But I really can't articulate just how rough of a start his camp was. I mean, again, without video, without fans being there, like it's tough to really sort of picture that in your head. But he really did not look like a player ready to go, and we know how much. Uh, Travis Green has emphasized the importance of like you hit the ground running, and, and that hasn't been the case for Jake. And um, Wednesday is going to be his last shot at, at really throwing his hat, uh, throwing his name into the hat. What about the star players? I mean, we've we've been hearing from uh, TSN's Jeff Patterson that 
Elias Pedersen looks fantastic, but perhaps more importantly, that Quinn Hughes seems to have hit another level. He's more physically developed. He's really used the time off to build his game. What can you say about that? Yeah, we saw it last night. He uh, he just dominates the flow um, and, and, and the pace of play whenever he's on the ice. It's um, it, it's almost like the other nine players on the ice. They, they it almost feels like they don't matter. Like the, the the entire shift revolves around Hughes and what he's doing, right? Like whether it's on the breakout, um, sending the puck through the neutral zone, um, leading the attack in the offensive zone. It's it's like every move with Hughes is so calculated um, and and precisely engineered, and then so near impeccably executed. Um, but when you put the entire package together, it's he spends virtually no time defending in his own zone. And when he is on the offensive, and he routinely throughout camp has has dummied his teammates. Like there's no other way of putting it. Um, the you, you you'll think you have him trapped um, along the boards, and then he'll make a tight turn, and all of a sudden he's dangling into the slot for a scoring chance. And um, he really he really made you say wow out loud every other time he stepped over the boards last night. And so to me, there's no question that Hughes right now doesn't look like, like this doesn't feel like an extension of his rookie season. This feels like Hughes in year two. Like that's how good he's been so far. Wow. High praise there and uh, looking forward to it. Can't wait, uh, Harm, to get these games going and get uh, some real Uh, Live bullets, as they say, NHL action going. But uh, as always, thanks for joining. And uh, and if Thomas Strantz uh, doesn't make his appearance again like he did this week, week you know we'll be leaning on you again to fill in because, you know, let's face it, you're number one in the power rankings anyway. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Hundred <laughs> percent. Thanks, boys. All I right. like your laugh a lot better too. It's a lot less threatening. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Thanks, Harm. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Harmon Dahl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let me man. try it. Let me try it. <laughs> no, not no, even close. I'm, I'm getting there though, eh? Yeah, like, yeah you're getting up. there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's oh, it's getting close. Oh man, yeah, that's right. been one of the toughest impressions that I've been able to like put together. I can. Do- oh, in the inbox, they asked us to ask Harm about the Jamal Adams trade. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, Harm uh, missed a, that. A big sorry NFL guy. I could I could wax poetic about that trade for like a half hour. I love football. I, yeah, me I, too. Me too. I, that's uh, my jam. I'm kidding, obviously. All right, other side. Let's go into the Zoom room. All I want to do is I'm a zoom, zoom, zoom. You don't even know that song. You don't know hip-hop. That's why. Oh, we're going to go into the Zoom room. Here, Travis Green, uh, some Michael Furland as well. Rink-wide, show that always scores. Stop looking at me like that on TSN 1040.